Focus on the Family Canada's Hope Restored Marriage Intensive Program is a proven program designed to save couples from the brink of divorce. For over 15 years, Hope Restored Marriage Intensives have helped more than 4,500 couples, and over 80% of those surveyed are still together two years after attending. If you or someone you know is facing a crisis in their marriage, please call Focus on the Family Canada today at 1-833-999-HOPE or visit hoperestoredcanada.ca to find out more. On today's Focus on the Family, Dave Ramsey has some advice for you, especially if you're having some financial difficulties. Guys, you need to step up. She needs an extra three to six non-sexual hugs a day. Some of you guys need to look up non-sexual. Well, now that's relationship advice, and it's coming from a financial expert, but that intriguing combination is what we're featuring for you on today's Focus on the Family with Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. Hey, John, the past few years have been uh, quite the financial roller coaster for most people, and uh, I would say especially for families uh, and small business owners. And that has had a big impact on marriages. We're hearing it from folks who are writing and talking to us about where they're at. Research shows us that uh, money troubles and disagreements can be a major contributor to serious marital problems. Mm -hmm. So today we thought we'd share some insight on money and relationships from one of the best, uh, Mr. Dave Ramsey. He's an author, radio show host. You probably have heard him on the radio. And he's the creator of Financial Peace University which is a a nine-week program uh, to help you get to financial health. And the message we're about to hear is from the third week of that series where Dave talks about two primary money personalities, the nerds who are very organized and the free spirits who just want to have fun. Here's Dave Ramsey on today's Focus on the Family. In this lesson, we are going to be talking about relating with money. Free spirits and nerds unite. I want to tell you an old story. I'm sure it's not true, but it's funny and it makes my point, so I'm going to use it anyway. (laughs) There's a story that's told of George Bush Sr. and probably the best first lady that we've ever had, his wife Barbara. And they were, they were campaigning their way across Texas in one of the presidential campaigns. And, and of course, that's their home state, so they knew everybody. And, and, the, and the presidential limo with the SUVs and the whole bit pulls up to a gas station because it's running out of gas. And so the gas station attendant sees all of this, and he runs outside. And of course, you and I don't get this service, but he runs outside, and he starts pumping gas because he wants to say he's pumped the gas in the presidential limo. Well, Barbara looks up and recognizes the guy, jumps out of the car, runs around the car, gives him a big hug. They stand back there, yak it up for a little while. And she gets back in the car in a few minutes, and George says, who was that? And she said, well, that was my old boyfriend in high school. (laughs) And George gets this big grin on his face, and he said, now now let me get this straight. You are married to the most powerful man in the world, the president of of the leading economic force in the world, the United States of America. You could have married him, and then you'd be the wife of a gas station attendant. And she said, oh, George, don't be silly. If I had married him, he'd be president. (laughs) 
Proverbs 31 says, Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. And he will have no lack of gain. Interesting. Let me introduce you to my wife, Sharon Ramsey. As you can see, I'm an excellent salesman. <laughs> but Sharon and I have, a, have an agreement. She, is ag I have a, she has agreed to stay married to me if I don't ask her to do public speaking. <laughs> so she gets to come out here and just say hi this way and get to meet you guys, but I wanted you to see the reason for my success. Thanks. When we're dealing with money in relationships, when we're dealing with money in our personal lives, when we're dealing with money in our families, the flow of money in a family represents the value system under which that family operates. Jesus said it this way. He said, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So what you do with money screams loudly who you are. Larry Burkett used to say it's kind of the checkbook autobiography. Back in the days when we used to keep a checkbook, or, or if you keep it on Quicken or something, if you look at your checkbook register, where your money goes tells us what's important to you, tells you what's important to you. And men and women are different in how we process this stuff. We're different in how we process everything, and money is no exception to that statement. Gary Smalley says, men love to share facts. Women love to share feelings. Men connect by doing things. Guys go hunting together. We do things together. We work on the car together. We do whatever. We do things together. Women connect by talking. Guys can hang out all day. My son and I drove two and a half hours after a football game home and didn't say a word, and we were perfectly okay with that. Women would have thought that was psychotic. <laughs> we operate differently. We, you know, we're perfectly okay with these differences too. Dennis Rainey, who is a Christian family counselor, he says that, that women and men have a different verbal level. Men speak 30 to 50,000 words a day. Women speak somewhere from 50 to 70,000 words a day with gusts up to 125,000. <laughs> we are different. Gary Smalley says men tend to be controlling. Women tend to remain agreeable. Women would say amen. Men tend to be independent. Women tend to be interdependent. All these differences come up big time in the way we handle money and the way we interact. And so we've got to take this into consideration if we want to have financial peace, two words that don't go together. When it comes to the emergency fund, men say it's boring, it's not sophisticated enough. I could do something better with that ten dollars or $15,000 in baby step three, which is a fully funded emergency fund of three to six months of expenses. I could invest that in a, in a good mutual fund or something, but Dave says just to put it in a money market account and it not make much money. That's boring, it's not sophisticated enough. Women, on the other hand, say it's the most important key to our financial plan. I need all the men in the room to stand up, please. All the men to stand up, please. Thank you, men. 
Now guys, if you're married or you ever hope to be, listen to me really carefully for a minute. I don't know if you know this or not, but as we've been discussing, men and women are different. And that's a good thing. And, and, and they're different in how we look at this emergency fund thing. There are two things we're going to teach you while you go through Financial Peace University that will revolutionize your marriage if you allow it to. One of them is the emergency fund, and the other is doing a budget. And we're going to talk about both of those things tonight in the context of singles and in the context of a marriage situation. So guys, what i got to get you to understand right now is somewhere right down in here, your lady has a gland that you don't have. It's called the security gland. And if she is feeling insecure because of the money situation, that gland spasms. And it is attached to her face. <laughs> so an emergency fund is actually an investment in a pretty wife. Her face relaxes because her security gland relaxes. When you have ten dollars or $15,000 in the bank and you know that you're not going to touch it and she knows that you're not going to touch it, you don't even touch the emergency fund for emergencies. It allows her to relax in a place you don't even have. Am I right, ladies? So the message, guys, is you don't have to get it. You just got to get it. You need to do that emergency fund and it's an investment in your marriage. Thanks, guys. Have a seat. When it comes to going shopping, men get good deals by negotiating. I can go in, I want those deals. I want to go out there and I'm just going to walk through the electronic store, the furniture store, and I'm going to kill everybody in the store until I get a good deal. I don't have to go shopping, I'm just going to drop an atom bomb on that one place. I'm going in there, I'm going to go, whew, 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 I want a deal, right? And I'm just going to, I'm going to use all my techniques and I'm going to get in people's face, I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to negotiate, I'm going to get a deal. We get good deals by, a lot of times, just straight old-fashioned confrontation where ladies tend to get good deals by hunting and hunting and hunting and hunting and hunting and hunting and they forgot what they were looking for but they're still hunting and Smalley talks about this he says here's how kind of how a shopping trip looks like for most people you know we get out of the car and we go to this mall together and we're going somewhere. We're going to go get something together, right? And the guy gets out of the car and says, identify the target. <laughs> you know, we're going to get our handheld GPS and map out the quickest way to the store. And we're going to go straight to the store with the best deal, having searched on the web while we're on our way for efficiency. And we get in there, we get the best deal, we analyze which line is going the fastest in the cash register. We get in line, we go through the most efficient line, we're back to the car. Let's time it, go click. And the lady goes, whoa, 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 you just don't get this, do you? <laughs> See, we're supposed to enjoy this process. It's not just about the task, it's the process. We have to go in every store. We have to touch everything <laughs> in every store. We have to try a whole lot of it on, buy most of it, discuss the checkout girl's family problems with her as we're going out, and then tomorrow we're going to bring most of it back. <laughs> so Sharon and I figured this deal out. We're not going to try to swim upstream, okay? When it comes to financial problems, we see the difference in men and women. When, when we're struggling financially, if you're hurting and you're stressed out, you're behind on the bills, you know, the guys lose self-esteem, men lose self-esteem because money represents a scorecard to men. 
Guys, you need to look at this. When you're in financial trouble, women face fear. Sharon made us change it. She said the word is terror. Because money with ladies, as we said, represents security. There's that security gland. So if you're in here and you're struggling financially, don't let the stress of those financial things take your marriage. Guys, you need to step up. She needs an extra three to six non-sexual hugs a day. Some of you guys need to look up non-sexual. <laughs> this is touch that's not going anywhere. Touch for the purpose of reassurance. Touch that says, when we got married, we didn't have anything. If we go back to not having anything, that'll be okay as long as I'm with you. I don't want to lose everything, but if I do, as long as we come out of this together, we're going to be okay. Touch says that. And you need to say that out loud, guys, because she's afraid in a place you don't have at that moment. She's not weaker than you. They're actually more resilient, ladies are, in financial stress than guys are in a lot of ways. But they need that touch. They need that reassurance as a part of the program. So step up, gentlemen, in that situation. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Did you know that when you buy resources from Focus on the Family Canada, your purchase helps strengthen marriages, equip parents, defend biblical principles, and more? Plus, we carefully select every item, which means you will only encounter quality, biblically sound resources that are safe for the whole family. Help give back to Canadian families by shopping at Focus on the Family Canada. Find biblically-based resources for your family at shop.focusonthefamily.ca. That's shop.focusonthefamily.ca. Do you enjoy coding elegant websites and system integrations? Would you love to use your skills and gifts to help Canadian families? Named one of the best Christian workplaces in Canada, Focus on the Family Canada is looking for a web developer to join our dynamic team in Langley, B.C. If you or someone you know feels called to serve God while growing in their skills, Explore current job openings today at focusonthefamily.ca slash employment. Do you have trouble falling asleep at night? After a long day, close your eyes and find a pocket of peace with Pray.com Sleep Psalms and sleep soundly to the Word of God. Download Pray.com right now, the new prayer and sleep app for Christians. Make prayer your priority and join us in daily prayer. Download Pray.com today. Bring light to your day. Strengthen your spirit with Pray.com's daily prayer. Carry God's light with you. Download Pray.com right now. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Now, the number one cause of divorce in North America today is money fights. Money is the one thing people say they argue about the most in marriage, according to a Stanley and Markman study. Seven out of ten couples disagree about financial issues, according to an article in USA Today. Fifty-seven percent of divorced couples said that financial disputes were the primary reason they did not get along, according to a study done by Citibank. It's the number one thing that breaks up marriages. Hear me again. The number one thing that breaks up marriages, money problems and money fights. If it's the number one problem, then it's also what Larry Burkett used to say, it's the number one opportunity 
in our marriages, to take them to a better level, to take a good marriage and make it fabulous, to take one that's struggling and looks like it's not going to make it and bring it back together and let it heal. And you can do that through stuff like doing a budget, like agreeing on our spending, because when we agree on our spending, again, we're agreeing on our value system, and that is absolutely vital. See, the deal is this. When you get married, what happens is, you know, the, the preacher lies to us, doesn't he? He says, and now you are one. You remember that? (laughs) Do you remember the first year? (laughs) Yeah, your mama's ugly too. You remember the first year, right? See, so what we do, we go down the aisle, dun, 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 right? And the preacher comes down and he says, okay, we're going to tie the knot, right? Well, when we get ready to tie that knot, the problem is stuff gets in the knot, doesn't it? And you grew up in a household where your parents spent everything they made. And she grew up in a household where they saved everything they made. And that was cute when you were dating. And it's not cute anymore. It becomes a potential destructive force. There's a knot going on right there in the money. And it's, I want to save money. I want to give money. I I want a new washer and dryer. I want a bass boat. I want to go on vacation. I'm worried about retirement. Dave Ramsey said, and we get all of that in there, right? Every bit of that's in there, right? And you get this whole thing going on. But what we have discovered is this. If you will sit down together, if you will learn to work together, agree on your spending, because when you agree on your spending, again, you agree on your value system. You're agreeing on your goals. You're agreeing on your dreams. You're even agreeing on your fears. And so when you agree on all of that, what happens is the budget takes all the knots out of your marriage, and you get oneness in your marriage and unity. So who does the financial decision-making in your household? Who's supposed to do it? Some people say, well, the man should do it. And other people say, women are much smarter. They should do it. The truth is, both of you should do it. Both of you should do the financial decision-making. Both of you have to. The, The one with the natural gift for details can prepare the budget, but the decision-making should be done by both of you. Now, typically, not only do opposites attract in the sense of men and women are different, But opposites attract in other things too. One of you is late for everything. And the other one is on time. Have to be on time for everything. You have to be early for everything. One of you was up at six o'clock in the morning going, we have to get over there, we want to get a good seat. We have to get over there, I want to get a good parking place. Did you see the parking? Oh, I've got to get a a good seat. And the other one's going, look, they're not going to really say anything important for the first hour anyway. (laughs) You know? It's that way at our house. I have to be on time for everything. I'm like the nerd of the family, right? My wife, it doesn't matter. She'll get there sometime. It's okay. Opposites attract. One of you's in here burning up right now, and the other one's freezing to death. You ever have those thermostat wars at your house? It's not cold. Yes, it is. It's not cold. Yes, it is. And back and forth. I threatened to get one of those locking glass things over it like you have at the office, you know? Just keep your hands off of it. The concept of a thermostat is it adjusts itself, you know? And now it's I'm hot, now I'm cold. And we're back and forth, back and forth, opposite track. One of you is a spender, one of you is a saver. And that's a good thing. You need each other. You spenders need a saver in your life so you don't retire and have to buy that cookbook, 72 Ways to Prepare Alpo and Love It. <laughs> you savers need a spender in your life so you have a life. <laughs> and typically what happens is the nerd, the one that is very organized, You know, the detail person, the underwear drawer is folded, must be on time, 
Everything has a place. Really enjoys for the bills to be paid on time. Late, oh, don't give me a late charge. Oh, 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 The nerd likes doing the budget. It gives them, it, it gives them this sense of power, this sense of control. Some nerds are real big time control freaks, but all nerds are at least a little bit of control freak. You know what I'm saying? And the free spirit, they're, they're mature, they're adults too. They just believe in having a thing called a life. They don't, they, don't, they don't really get a high out of three generation spreadsheets. They don't understand, you know? So what happens is the nerd and the free spirit get married, but they don't really become one, do they? <laughs> no. Instead, we start this fight thing. Because the first thing that'll happen is the nerd goes, oh no, I've married one of those. And what do you do? You, you know, we go up on the mountain and we talk to God about the budget. And we come down from the mountain, having prepared the budget on a stone tablet, a little bit of a sunburn, like Charlton Heston. And, and you know, we come out and we come to the, the free spirit and the rest of the family say, family, I've been talking to God and this is our budget. This is what we nerds do, isn't it? And, and the free spirit goes, yeah, I'm going to the mall to bust your budget. And the nerd goes, oh no, no. And, and we nerds, if we're not careful, we're like running around with a pooper scooper all the time trying to clean up your all's messes. And, and the free spirit's going, you are a freak, you know? Get away from me, you fruit loop. You know, and this fight, this constant tension, some marriages go through this. This is real world, isn't it? Say yes. yes. Some marriages go through this for decades and don't even realize there's all this tension in the air. They kind of just tolerate it or they go to their corners and go, okay, you pay your bills and I'll pay my bills. We're not really married. We're just going to have a joint venture. <laughs> and the nerd's like, you're too irresponsible. And the free spirit's like, you're too controlling. And we're just all this clash of the titans going on and it doesn't make for a high quality marriage as a matter of fact we just said this it's the number one cause of divorce as opposites attract and men and women are different anyway when you put all of that in the soup with money it makes a mess but we figured out a way to solve it it's called the budget committee meeting it's your only hope for learning how to communicate so here's what we're going to do those of you that are like me we're the nerds raise your hand nerds okay see the nerds are like very precise Right? So nerds, raise your hand again one more time. Good. All right, nerds. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to do a budget. Because if we wait on the free spirits, it's not going to happen. Let's not kid ourselves, okay? So prepare the budget. The basics of budgeting is you spend every dollar on paper before the month begins. Every dollar has a name before the month begins. You prepare the budget. Now, then we call the budget committee meeting. Let's cover the rules for the budget committee meeting for the nerds first. Nerd, I want you to take the budget that you prepared, and I want you to set it on the table, slide it over to the free spirit, and shut up. <laughs> that is rule number one. Shut up. The, the free spirits hear them, they are sick and tired of your preaching. They are sick of hearing, yeah, you got it. They're sick and tired of hearing Dave Ramsey say it. They're sick and tired of every mistake they ever made since 1962, you know? They don't want to hear any more of your theories. Shut up. It's on the paper. Slide it over. You've got a whole lot of opinions that are right there on the paper. Let the free spirit look at it. Rule number two, nerds, is this is a meeting. It is not a weekend-long budget summit. <laughs> when you are dealing with a free spirit, you have a 17-minute window. <laughs> After that, there came to the Financial Peace University thing. Their body may stay, but their spirit will leave. 
They're not going to hang out with you. Their eyes start to cross. They're not getting this. It's not fun for them. They don't enjoy this process. They're only there to have a vote. They're going to have their vote and they're going to leave the voting booth. That's it. That's the whole deal from them. Now listen very, very carefully to me. If you are a nerd, there is one last rule, nerds. Listen very, very carefully. You must insist that the free spirit change some things in your budget. And the nerds are going, No! We don't want to change anything. It's right. If we change it, it will be wrong. I did it. It's right. We can't change it. Listen, nerds. We're tricking them to get them involved. All right, free spirits, raise your hand. All right, did I take up for you? Say yes. All right, so listen up, free spirits. You have a couple of rules for the budget committee meeting too. Rule number one, free spirits, you must come to the meeting. Rule number two, you must bring your brain. You have to give adult, mature input in the meeting. I want one isn't covered under that heading. You look at the budget and you go, honey, I think $1,800 might be a little high for green fees when we have $14 for food. And you make an adjustment there, like switching those two numbers. But you can't just go, I want more money for clothes. Okay, we're going to raise clothing by $200. That's fine, honey. Where's the $200 going to come from? I don't care. Who are you, the government? It has to come from somewhere, right? If we're gonna raise a category by 200, we have to lower some others by the same amount. That's how this works. It balances, it's a neat concept, okay? So adult-like input says, you change some things around by raising a few and lowering some others by that same amount so that we still end up with a zero. And rule number three, free spirits, if you will work with your nerds on this, you will have the best quality relationship of any marriage you know. You will run into people everywhere who are in awe of the communication level in your marriage. It will totally transform how you communicate. It will bring a level of unity, a level of oneness to everything that you're doing, and then you'll start to win financially. It's worth it. But free spirits, there's a phrase that you have been saying. This is your last rule. You can never again say this phrase. And you use it all the time. We know you do, especially we nerds know it. Sometimes you say things like, whatever you want to do, honey, Wrong cop-out breath. <laughs> you have to get in the game and place your vote. You both have a vote. We come into agreement. That's called unity. Both place their vote. No, no, just, you're, you're smarter than me. You take care of it. I'm going to go over here and mess up your plan, though. <laughs> and that's what free spirits do too often. No, you've got to place your vote, and then when the budget is done, we pinky swear and we spit shake, and this is a lock, baby. We don't do anything except what's on the budget. That is a promise. That's a contract. And if we're going to do something different than what's on that budget, we have to come back and have an emergency budget committee meeting. Got it, free spirits? Say yes. yes. And with that, we've come to the end of today's lesson, if you will, from Dave Ramsey on Focus on the Family, and we'll feature more of his financial wit and wisdom next time. Boy, John, uh, Dave sure makes this fun. He's so entertaining, and yet he's getting some really solid ideas across as well. Mm -hmm. In our family, Gene and I have uh, very different spending habits, uh, but as Dave says, opposites attract, and we balance each other out, and that's certainly true for for our marriage. And it's a good thing. Uh, We hope today's program 
will spur some healthy financial discussions in your family. And we'd recommend that you ask about Dave's book, The Total Money Makeover, when you get in touch with us. And remember to make a donation as well. Support us in our work to strengthen marriages across Canada. Yeah, just give us a call. Our number is 800, the letter A in the word family, 800-232-6459. Or you can donate online and request Dave's book at focusonthefamily.ca. And if you enjoyed today's presentation, please tell a friend to tune in next time as we'll hear more from Dave Ramsey. He'll focus on kids and money. Around our house, we pay commissions, not allowances. I don't believe in allowance. Allowance to me sounds like welfare. Commission says that if you work, you get paid. If you don't work, you don't get paid. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once more help you and your family thrive in Christ.